Guys, we are in a time and a season of alignment. We enunciated this last week. This is the season we're in, and there's a progression. And we see this with Joshua and the Israelites crossing over the Jordan River. We see it. There's a progression. It started with refinement. They crossed over the Jordan. There instantly was circumcision and a, a celebration of the Passover. It's a refinement time. Okay. Then the next thing is that Joshua meets with the commander of the Lord's armies. Amen. Right? And the Lord's arm, the commander, who is Jesus, by the way. It's clear in the text because Joshua worshipped him and he received the worship. So an angel doesn't do that. <laughs> So here is this man with a drawn sword. He received worship from Joshua, and, and, uh, and Joshua wanted the commander to align with earth. Are you with us or with our enemies? Which one? And the commander's like, no, you got it backwards. I want you to align with heaven. Amen. And that is God's presentation to us right now. Where are you aligning? Are you wanting God to align with you or are you wanting to align with him? <laughs> There's one that's far better than the other and I think you figured it out. Okay. <clears throat> so we're in this progression right now and, and alignment is the word for this season, maybe for this year. I don't know how long it goes. I know it started before the year changed and I know it's still going right now. And it's a, it's a call of the Lord to the house of God. It's not just to this church. It's to many parts of his body where he's saying, align with me, church. It's not, it, you can't go on your own anymore. You can't do it the way you used to anymore. It, you used to have, uh, you know, do your own ways, do your own things, but no longer. It cannot be that way anymore. It is time for the body of Christ to align with its head. Amen. The body is in alignment with the head. And receiving all the, all the signals, all the directions from the head, rather than the body telling itself what to do. Have, could you imagine what that would be like? Yes, you can, because we've lived it. The body telling itself, and it's just all kinds of crazy, you know, like the body's trying to do what it's, it's doing. And, and, but it, when the head starts talking to the body and gives direction to the body, then the body is in alignment. And the body is moving and active and doing the, what the head is saying is seeing to do. Because there's no eyes in this body. There's no ears in this body. There's no voice in this body. There's no smell or anything. All the senses are located right here. And then, but the body can feel. That's all it can do is just feel. We need the head. Amen. <laughs> we need it. And, and he is saying, okay... Alignment time, where you can compare it to being in a uh, in a, a transmission shop, where you're getting an alignment done, and 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 he's shifting us. You can compare it to going to a, the heavens chiropractor and getting cracked and popped and sent into alignment. Whatever you want to see, see it, but that is what is happening in your life right now. If you'll stop and pause for a moment, you'll see. Whoa! I hear the Lord leading me to change this area of my life or I see him I see him uh, 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 setting things up for for me to step into a new area I have not walked in before and to a new level of faith or a new level of, of hope 
or a new level of joy that I've not walked in before. That's all alignment. That's what it is. It's alignment, alignment, alignment. Because it's all available to us. Everything we need for life and for God-likeness, he has given. Right? <laughs> it's all available. And he's aligning ourselves with the fullness of what he has purchased for us. That, by the way, will change the world. Okay? <laughs> Let alone your life. So, yeah. So when you said that about a car alignment. Yeah. Let me give you this so everybody can hear. It just kind of went off in my spirit. But when he said that about a car alignment, um, if you haven't figured out yet, I'm a bit of a tomboy. So when your car is out of alignment, you will get either a shake and a vibration. You'll get a pull. You'll get a pull to the left or a pull to the right. But when we are in line, you can let go of that steering wheel and it takes you straight. Takes you straight. And if we're all aligned, we all go straight. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> oh. So <clears throat> this is where we're at right now. And I feel like the Lord is wanting us to get a picture of who our head is, of, of the commander, to understand more about the commander himself. Because here's the deal. When we are following the commander the focus is not on the battle. The focus is on the commander because the commander's issuing the orders for the battle. If we just focus on the battle and we miss the communication coming from the commander, uh, we're, we're going to just, what's going to happen? We're going to get picked off. Yeah, we're going to be in disarray. And so when we focus on the commander, then the battle follows because the battle belongs to the commander. Yeah. So I want to look at at a number of passages and we're going to do like a shotgun blast. Just quick, quick, quick through all these passages, okay? But here's, here's something that occurred to me. I've never considered this before. Jesus to Joshua is presenting himself as commander of Yahweh's armies, which means that he is the one who orders the angels what to do, what not to do, where to go, what time to do it right? He is the commander of the hosts of heaven. That's not a small number, by the way. Okay. He has legions and legions of angels at his disposal. So he tells them what they do and they do it. Now let's apply that reality of Jesus to Jesus's life on earth as the commander. We've thought about him as the Lamb of God during his life on earth. we thought about him uh, maybe as the Lion of Judah, as the Savior, you know. But let's think about him as the commander. Let's see the commander in action. Because when we get, when we see the commander in action, what it does is it stirs up a courage in us and a confidence in our commander. Okay, so I'm going to just start in Luke chapter 2. You can go there if you want, or I'll just read it. Um, But I'm going to go through these quickly. And this is the one that I shared on at Christmas Eve. Luke chapter 2. Jesus was born. The shepherds are out in the field. Angels show up. Verse 13. Then all at once a vast number of glorious angels appeared. The very armies of heaven. That's literally what it says in the original language. It was the armies of heaven showing up, filling the sky to where the dark night turned into the sun of noon 
and just blasted these shepherds. And the sheep were probably like, ah! And, you know, if they had fainting goats, they were on the ground, okay? <clears throat> and they all praised God, singing, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. And so here is a, the very first example of where the commander of the Lord's army is lying in a feeding trough. as a baby. And the forces in which he is commander shows up to make a declaration saying, there's our commander and it's good news to you that our commander has come to you. Oh, see this is a whole different perspective of Jesus that, I, that I've seen before. And the Lord's just showing this all to me last night. I was like, whoa, you're amazing. So, <clears throat> this army, these armies that showed up in the night sky were, were enforcing the will of God because there was a battle going on to keep this from happening. Okay? And you can just see that with Herod trying to kill all the babies of Bethlehem. It was a battle. Okay? That was not Herod. That was the enemy. It's not flesh and blood that was driving that. That was the enemy driving that massacre. There was a real battle going on and the armies of heaven showed up to enforce the will of God that their commander become a baby in a feeding trough. See, the armies of God, one of their jobs is to, one of the main jobs is to enforce his will. Okay? against forces of darkness and anything else. Forces of flesh. There's, there's things that, all, that's what they do. And, and uh, it reminds me of when Elijah and Gehazi were surrounded by the, that enemy army. And Elijah was like, oh, this is easy. And again, he's all uh, relaxed and, oh, no problem. And Gehazi's freaking out. And he said, Lord, open Gehazi's eyes. Gehazi sees that there's an army of fire that's surrounding that earthly army. And he's like, whoa, okay, I got nothing to worry about. There's nothing to worry about. That's the same sentiment we want to have when we look at our commander. We have nothing to worry about because there's a huge army that's following him up. Okay? We don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> you have nothing to worry about. Those who are for you are far greater than those who are against you. Far greater and far more. <laughs> okay, first example. Now, turn up a few chapters to Luke chapter 7. Okay, look at verse, uh, verse 8. In this, in this example here, a centurion, Gentile, Roman is asking Jesus to heal a servant that he really loves. And uh, Jesus is, uh, receives a messenger from the Roman centurion saying, come heal my servant. And the, the Jewish leaders were encouraging him to do so because this Roman centurion had done a lot for their town. And so Jesus starts heading that way and 
the Roman centurion sends a messenger saying, no, don't come here because he's understood something. And this is what we want to see is verse 8. Unlike you, I'm just an ordinary man. This is the Roman centurion talking to Jesus through the messenger. Yet I understand the power of authority. And I see that authority operating through you. I have soldiers under me who obey my every command. I also have authorities over me whom I likewise obey. So master, just speak the word and healing will flow. Jesus marveled at this. He turned and said to the crowd who had followed him, Listen, everyone, never have I found even one among the people of God, a man like this who believes so strongly in me. (laughs) Now, get this. He's a centurion, so he thinks military. That's his whole life. He thinks military. And that's what he's thinking right here. He's like, he understood that Jesus had, had beings under him who carried out his commands, and that Jesus under, was under authority also from the Father. Okay, the Father's, Jesus' authority, and then the commander is the authority of the angel's armies. And so he's saying, if you'll just speak it, I know that a servant will go out from you and make that happen. In the background of this, of this, of this event, are angels carrying out the spoken word of Jesus be healed to that servant, carrying it to him and him being healed in that very hour. Okay? There, Jesus gives orders for you and for me all the time. (laughs) He gives orders to his angels, to you and to me all the time. I mean, Psalm 91 says so. He'll command his angels concerning you. (laughs) Far greater are those who are for you than those who are against you. Are you getting a picture of your commander here? He's a really good commander. He's the best there is. And he actually cares about his soldiers. He cares about you. And he sends armies to fight on your behalf. Okay. Now look up another chapter here. Luke 8. Okay, verse 26. In this instance, Jesus has crossed the uh, lake and on the other side, there's a uh, demonized man and you probably know this story well, it says the disciples were confronted by a demon-possessed madman from a nearby town. Many times he had been put under guard and bound with chains, but repeatedly the many demons inside him had thrown him into convulsions, breaking his shackles and driving him out of the town into the countryside. He had been demonized for a long time and was living naked in a cemetery among the tombs. When he saw this, he fell at his feet and screamed out, What When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and screamed out, What are you doing here? You are Jesus, the Son of the Most High God. Jesus commanded the demons to come out of him, and they shouted, We beg you, don't torture us. Jesus asked the man, What is your name? Mob, the the demons answered, or legion is is the literal translation, but mob captures it pretty good too. We are a mob, for there are many of us here in this man. We beg you, don't banish us to the bottomless pit of the abyss. 
On the hillside nearby, there was a large herd of pigs, and the demons pled with Jesus, let us enter into the pigs. So Jesus ordered all the mob of demons to come out of the man and enter the pigs, and the crazed herd of swine stampeded over the cliff into the lake, and all of them drowned. Well, it's not something you see every day. So, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Jesus is coming up against demons that call themselves legion. A legion of Roman soldiers was typically 6,000. <clears throat> what I love is that my commander can take out 6,000 demons with a word. <laughs> My commander, our commander, can take out a whole section of the enemy's army with just a word. <laughs> he is a fierce commander. Not only is he the one that commands angel armies and, and concerning us too, but he's also a warrior himself. In fact, the most feared of all of them. The Son of Man. Oh, this is who we're aligned with. This commander. Sounds pretty good. Okay. Now, turn back to Matthew 26. Okay. Here's another instance Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, about to be arrested, and, uh, and unfairly tried and then crucified. Judas shows up leading this mob. Okay, and then <clears throat> I want to look at what Jesus says here. Because uh, Peter pulled out a sword he had, cut off the ear of the servant. Well, that was close. I wonder what he was aiming for, really. He was a fisherman. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But... You know, maybe the servant slid out of the way and just cut his ear off or something. But Jesus says uh, in verse uh, 52, Jesus said to him, Put your dagger away, for all those who embrace violence will die by, viol by violence. Don't you realize that I could ask my heavenly Father for angels to come at any time to deliver me? And instantly, he would answer me by sending 12 armies or 12 legions of the angelic host to come and protect us. That is 72,000 angels. Don't you know I can call on 72,000 angels and they will show up right now and there will be 6,000 for each of us. Amen. <laughs> Don't you know the commander of the Lord's armies on earth, this is how he operates. He has not changed. He will still call on legions of angels to protect his people when, it, when that's the will of the Father. Okay, At this point, he says, this isn't the will of the Father. I have a call to fulfill from the Father. But understand, there's so much more who are for you than who are against you. Okay, okay. I hope this is getting across. Now, 
Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. <clears throat> Jesus has resurrected from the dead. He has ascended into heaven. But this is what, said, what happened in the Spirit when Jesus rose from the dead. Verse uh, 15. Colossians 2.15, then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power. All of it to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. That's our commander, okay? He has disarmed every principality and power. The only way that a principality and power of darkness has authority right now is when people give it to them. They do not have any weapons any longer. They are unarmed. The only way that they have power is by agreement with, by people on earth. Because we still, even, one, even unbelievers, carry the image of God and carry within them the mandate to multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And so if they are aligning themselves with powers of darkness, they are becoming the weapons of darkness. See? So when we battle principalities and powers of darkness, like Ephesians talks, chapter 6 talks about, we're battling ones that don't have any weapons. Because our commander went along, stripped them. Stripped yeah, yeah, frisked them down. Okay, out, 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 out. no. And they're standing there like, oh, I got nothing. We tend to give the enemy more credit than what he's due. Okay, the Lord has won the battle already. It's been taken care of. This is our commander. This is who we're aligning ourselves with. He has done it. <laughs> okay, last one. Revelation chapter 19. <clears throat> Revelation 19, verse 11. This is our commander. Then I saw heaven opened, and suddenly a white horse appeared. The name of the one riding it was faithful and true. And with pure righteousness, he judges and rides to battle. He wore many regal crowns, and his eyes were flashing like flames of fire. He had a secret name inscribed on him that's known only to himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title is called the Word of God. Following him on white horses were the armies of heaven, wearing white fine linen, pure and bright. A sharp sword came from his mouth with which to conquer the nations, and he will shepherd them with an iron scepter. He will trample out the wine in the winepress of the wrath of God. On his robe and on his thigh, he had inscribed the name King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It can be easy when you look around at what's going on in the world right now to give in to despair. <clears throat> to look at everything and be like, when is this all going to get fixed, God? There's so much. There's so much deception. There's so much depravity. There's, and laws are being legalizing, are legalizing depravity. <laughs> There's so much of this stuff going on. If we focus on the battle, we will be discouraged. Okay? 
And, and the news is the propaganda machine of the enemy. Okay, getting, because the, the purpose is to get our eyes on the battle and off the commander. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so we shut down that voice and we align with our commander. We look around. Okay. Just imagine this right now. Use your image maker that God gave you. Okay. Imagine this right now that your commander is here with you. In fact, he lives inside of you. Okay. And you are surrounded by millions upon millions upon millions of angels. Okay. Millions upon millions. You are in the middle of this army. And around you are other saints who have been armored and prepared for battle. And they number in the billions. <laughs> this is the spiritual reality. This is, look into heaven. Look into the reality of what exists there. Here you can feel like you're the minority, but there you're the majority. Okay? Okay? Get your eyes on your commander. Align with heaven. Don't align with earth anymore. Align with heaven. Today we're going to just engage with this, aligning with our commander by taking communion together. And... <clears throat> And communion is all, it, really one of the main messages of communion is alignment. <laughs> so the, the bread and the cup is going to come around and uh, as it does, if you prefer gluten-free, grab the cracker instead of the bread. But we're, we're going to choose right now as we eat and drink to align with our commander. Okay? Yes, we are eating of the Lamb of God, but we're also eating of our commander. The blood of our commander, the body of our commander, that he willingly laid down so that we could go free. And Shannon's going to lead us in communion this morning. So, thank you. So, as the elements are coming around, I want you to think in your mind that you are taking in your hand the weapons of warfare. Because every time that we take communion, we are reminding the enemy that he is powerless, he is defeated. So, take these weapons and grab a hold of them. And the picture that I got this morning that I wanted to share was imagine with me two ropes. And um, they are parallel. They're side by side with each other. They're running together. And one of the ropes, that is God. That's the Father. And, and it's straight and it's strong. And then the other rope is, is next to it. And some of it's a little over here and some of it's a little over there. Some of it's touching. Some of it's running parallel. But not all of it is lining up. And just as Dan said, that communion today, we are aligning ourselves. And so imagine yourself as that rope that touches in some places, but not in others. And as you are taking these elements, you are pulling your rope close to Jesus's rope. You are aligning with him. 
Every area now is in victory because that's what Jesus is. He is victorious. So you are aligning any area of your life that is not victorious with victory. And when we think about the concept of more than conquerors, that is that he has purchased for us everything and that we did not do anything to earn it or to deserve it, but now we get to spend the check. He earned the money and now we get to spend all that money. We are more than a conqueror. So, wow, this is hard. It takes a while, doesn't it? Got to keep talking. <laughs> all right, I got another one for you then. So when Dan was mentioning chiropractor, Shawnee took the, the car one and expanded. I'll take the chiropractor one and expand on that. Um, one of the chiropractors that I know, he was explaining to me that when your spinal cord gets pinched, that the rest of your body doesn't get the instructions that it's supposed to get. So if it's pinching an area that may be supposed to go down to your feet, then your feet are no longer getting the... Um, yeah, the signal, they're not getting the information anymore and they can start getting sick. Or if that is your back, you know, in a certain area, or if that is an organ in your body that's not getting the message. So as we align, as we straighten, not only are we not veering to the right or the left, but now every part of the body is getting the message that it's supposed to get. And it can live in life and it can live in fullness. So everything, all, everything, all of creation tells us about Jesus, everything everything. It's so good. Okay. I think we're almost there. I don't know. I don't, I don't got any more. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. I got to land the plane now. Okay. Let's go ahead and take the bread, this weapon of warfare in your hands. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you sent your Son to do everything for us, to restore us back into that place of alignment with you that was always your original intention. And so we, we, we take this now into our body, and we are saying, enemy, you are defeated, and I walk in victory. Just imagine any area that you have right now that needs victory. And so go ahead and eat this bread and call that place into victory in your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, your blood, your perfect blood that you shed for us, that we now stand in victory. We now stand in alignment with the head, with you, that we have your DNA through our body, going through all of us, all of the physical parts, all of the emotional parts, all of the mental parts, the relational parts, every single part of us is now flowing with your DNA. We thank you for that, Lord Jesus. We are more than a conquerors in every area of our life because of your perfect blood. We thank you. Go ahead and drink. Amen.